I am overjoyed at the opportunity to continue sharing God's Word with you today as we journey in the book of Mark. Today, we're going to come to what I consider to be one of the most powerful chapters of Scripture found in our Bibles today. Uh, I, I put this chapter up there with what I consider uh, the three most powerful chapters in Scripture. Number one in my book is always John chapter number three. Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. And then that chapter three is also where we find those famous words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John three is a powerful chapter. Also, Acts chapter number 9 and the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. And uh, what a moment it is as Saul is, is blinded by the light of heaven and the Lord Jesus dramatically saves him. Just after this, Ananias will come and open his eyes and then Paul goes on preaching. And then we know that Peter heals a man named Aeneas and then Peter raises Dorcas from the dead. That's all Acts 9. That's a powerful chapter of scripture. Well, friends, there's one more chapter that I believe can rival those two, and that is Mark chapter number five. As a matter of fact, as I was praying and considering uh, what book I wanted us to walk through together, uh, one of the reasons I chose to come to the book of Mark was because of Mark chapter number five. In this chapter, Jesus shows us, demonstrates to us his power over demons, his power over disease, and his power over death. Today, we're going to begin with Jesus' power over demons. We've already talked about Jesus' power over demons in a previous podcast. Uh, in Mark chapter number one, we find that Jesus there in Capernaum, he cast out a demon. So we've already covered this. However, this text gives us insight uh, into just a very particular story of a man who is demon-possessed so so uh, heinously, so uh, so badly that uh, is is unlike anything anyone has ever seen. So let's listen to Mark chapter number five together, and I'll commentate as we go. It says they came to the other side of the sea to the region of the Gerasenes. As soon as Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs. No one was able to restrain him anymore, even with chains. Because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had snapped off the chains and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And always, night and day, he was crying out among the tombs and in the mountains and cutting himself with stones. This is a man... Who, who the demons that were raging inside of him had such a control on him that nothing could constrain him. Not a man, not even shackles. It says he would snap the chains that were on his arms. He lived in the tombs amongst the dead. He would cut himself with stones and night and day he would howl and he would shriek and everyone in town was terrified of this man. 
Mark 5 tells us, however, that on this day, the Lord Jesus Christ gets out of the boat and steps onto the shoreline where this man lives. And in the process of doing so, this man who no one is able to constrain, who everyone is terrified of, comes running to the feet of Jesus. And the Bible says, verse 6, when the man saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and knelt down before him and cried out with a loud voice, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you before God, don't torment me. Now think of the scene here. This demon inside of this man runs down to Jesus, lays himself at the feet of Jesus, and begins to plead with Jesus not to cast him out of the man's body which he possesses. Now, Consider that. That's an amazing thing that this demon knows exactly who just stepped on the shoreline and he's pleading with him, please don't cast me out. For Jesus, verse 8, had told him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. So Jesus had immediately spoken this and now the demon is pleading not to allow this to happen. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he answered. Because we are many. A legion in, a, in the Roman army uh, would have been 6,000 soldiers. And he says, our name is legion for we are many. Did this man have 6,000 demons in him? Well, friends, we're not sure that he had 6,000, but we know he had at least 2,000 because in just a moment, Jesus is going to command these demons into the pigs and they're 2,000 pigs. They're going to hurl themselves into the sea. So this man has opened himself up to all kinds of demonic possession and all kinds of demons are living inside of him. And this man is an absolute misery. My name is Legion, he answered him, because we are many. And he kept begging him not to send him out of the region. Now a large herd of pigs was there feeding on the hillside and the demons begged Jesus, send us to the pigs so we may enter them. And he gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd of about 2000 rushed down the steep bank and into the sea and drowned there. If you go to the sea of Galilee today and look at the region of the Gerasenes, there's actually a cliff on that side. There's only one cliff on that side of the sea. And if you go to that cliff and go just on the other side of it, guess what? There's actually tombs there. So it just kind of lends credence to the story. The men who had tended them ran off, reported in the town and the countryside, and people went to see what happened. Now listen to verse 15. They came to Jesus and saw the man who had been, past tense, demon-possessed by the legion, sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. The eyewitnesses described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs, and then they began to beg him to leave their region. Imagine the scene. This man is sitting there, no longer with shackles, no longer bound up in chains, no longer crazed and wild-eyed and out of his head, instead in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. What a moment this is. And what happens? They began to beg Jesus to leave their region. 
And as Jesus was getting in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed kept begging him to be with him. This man is truly asking Jesus, let me be one of your disciples. But Jesus would not let him. Instead, he told him, go back home, go to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. So he went out. And he began to proclaim in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And they were all amazed. Consider what has just happened in this man's life. He woke up that morning a demon-possessed, crazed man. He met the Lord Jesus Christ and was changed. And now he's become a missionary in his hometown. He goes back home just like Jesus told him. And he goes home and he begins to share everything that Jesus has done for him. Friends, when you are a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot help but to tell somebody what Jesus has done in your life. Many of us today, we want to just get at the feet of Jesus and stay right there, just like this demon-possessed man. Just let me sit right here and soak it all in. But Jesus said, go home and tell them all what has happened in your life. Friends, today, may you go Tell, preach, teach the gospel to a world that's in desperate need of the message of truth. May God bless you, and I'll see you tomorrow.